everyone, and welcome to Project X Talk, an Xbox podcast. This is episode 38. I'm your host, Kevin, aka The Muffin Mon, and this week I'm joined by two of the three usual misfits, Tom and Amon. How are you guys doing? Doing Pretty great. Good. And I feel like uh, we haven't had the full cast in, like, weeks now, like, consistently. What's up, everyone? What you guys doing? Amon's Dying. over here, like, <laughs> taking taking big moves and... We just need yeah. everyone to be focused. It's hot. Flying, we need, we need to be hot with our podcast. Yeah, Amon, how do you feel uh, coming to New York where during this heat wave? Oh, man. Uh-huh. Well, it's not that hot because the weather's very similar to the UK right now. Um, uh, I, I'm enjoying the hot water here because in the UK, you can only use about two gallons of hot water a day. But here, you can use around unlimited, the same thing. That's a little yeah. It's awful here. What are you talking about? Do they about? hand you buckets and say you can only use this yeah. much or what? <laughs> <laughs> no, sounds... no, not quite like that. Oh, okay. All right. I also got a Nintendo Switch. I also finally got a Nintendo Switch here. So, oh, yeah. Did you go to the Nintendo yeah. store? You go to the Nintendo uh, store? No, I just ordered it off Amazon. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> that other voice you might be hearing if you're an audio listener, and if you're not, you can see him on the screen, is our special guest this week, uh, replacing Garrett. Uh, is Pong Soul. Uh, he, you might know him from the Living Split Screen podcast, panelist on the Shop podcast, Xbox Factor, and the Xbox Ultimate podcast. Shout out Mav, Fun Speculation, our friend of the show. Uh, Pong, how you doing? Doing great, man. Thank you guys so much for the invite. Uh, you guys have an awesome show here. We we're just talking behind the scenes. I can't believe how many fantastic guests you have uh had on here so i feel uh humbled and honored to be here uh so again phenomenal thank you so much for the invite and uh man you know what you you were talking about how slow it's been kind of behind the scenes the past couple weeks we had a little e3 hangover man there's still a lot of great topics to talk about and i'm always ready to talk games so you know happy to be here and uh, we can definitely get down into this so let's go he's he's bringing it uh, before we get to the show, I do give everyone a chance to plug their stuff. So for anyone that doesn't know you somehow, uh, you want to tell them a little bit about the shows you're on? Uh, sure, absolutely. Uh, this might take up the entire show as people joke with me all the time. <laughs> but uh, so you, uh, Pong Soul everywhere. You can find me on Xbox, Twitter. Um, but otherwise, uh, Friday night's Fun Speculations channel, uh, a.k.a. Mav, my brother from another, my entire extended family over there on Xbox Ultimate Friday nights, eight, uh, 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Central Time. Awesome show. We have the Magnificent Seven going on there. Um, it's just really a fun time. Saturday morning. Mornings, uh, as you already stated, living split screen, split screen being all one word. Myself and my brother from another, uh, I Steal Rain, uh, is just, you know, we started this thing. We just finished up episode 14 last week. It's just him and I. Uh, we haven't brought any guests yet, but he and I are both like extreme talkers, right? We, we like, we really love the sound of our own voices. So we go for, you know, running around. We've been averaging probably two and a half hours every Saturday morning. We wake you up. Uh, both he and I are high energy people. We have a passion for the entire industry. Uh, so it's a non-centric kind of podcast. Uh, you can always find us there 10 a.m. Eastern, nine o'clock central in the morning, uh, 3 p.m. UK time for all of our European friends. But yeah, man, that's been great. The shop podcast with PTK Blam. He just celebrated his five years uh, doing this. Uh, I was fortunate enough to do a show 
uh, early on this year, uh, when I first started podcasting, he invited me to become a, a panel member uh, right away, which was incredible. That was my first show that I joined permanently. Uh, that's on Saturday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Central Time. It's a shorter show. We usually go for about an hour, hour and a half, uh, but we cover all kinds of topics there as well. Just a really good time. And then Tuesdays over at uh, Mr. Boomstick, Double Barrel Gaming's channel. Uh, obviously, everybody in this community pretty much knows him at this point. Uh, hardest working man and showbiz right now uh but that's the xbox factor podcast the first xbox factor podcast of the week for him he does two of them um and that is on tuesdays at 12 p.m eastern 11 o'clock central time um so yeah that that's where i'm at man if you can't find me i don't know what else to tell you but i'm always around hit me up follow me hit me in the dms i love talking video games uh so yeah pong soul everywhere else so that's it thank you again well, if they can't find you, they're not looking for me. That's why I got <laughs> it's away true. from that. You know? true. <laughs> uh, if, you, if, you know, if you're visually impaired, have someone else do it. They'll, they'll find them pretty easily. Right. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll get into the show proper now. And as we do every week here on Project X Talk, we start the show by asking one question. And that question is, what you playing? So I'm going to go around the room and ask, what you playing? Tom, what you playing? Not Yakuza 6, if you're wondering. I, I know I was talking about how I started it last week. Uh, I don't like the combat. Yeah, you're right. I, I don't know why I ever bothered trying it. I much prefer to turn-based combat in like a dragon. Uh, this week, I've started uh, playing Borderlands 3 again uh, due to the Tiny Tina thing. It really hyped me up. So I bought all these. I bought the Season 1 and Season 2 DLCs. I've never touched the DLCs at all, so now I'm going through them for the first time. I'm having a blast. I mean, I'm playing by myself, unfortunately, because no one likes to play video games with me. Shame. But, <laughs> you know, I, that, that's not going to stop me from playing. I'm, I'm enjoying myself. Uh, I, I'm really excited, dude, with the, the future of uh, the Borderlands universe. I can't wait to see some more. I know I'm not a Borderlands guy, but my brother is pretty pumped about Tiny Tina's uh, Wonderlands. That I remember him playing that DLC back in the day, and it was ridiculous. So I can understand why people would be excited for it. Like it's a cool Dungeons and Dragons type um, video game. I mean, it is, it is what it is. So I, that's super exciting. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna play with you, Tom. Unfortunately, sorry. But, uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't expecting you to. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you came around to my thinking on Yakuza. Like a dragon's phenomenal. I don't like the combat of the other ones. Can't I can't do it. Uh, Aman, what you playing? So I've been playing tons of Yakuza like a dragon. I think I'm I'm on chapter five right now. Um, I'm loving the combat, loving the story. I love the humor in it. Uh, Ichiban's a great protagonist. Um, I'm also playing Wolfenstein. I downloaded that. It's a pretty cool game. Um, kind of underrated, I think. I think it's a better shooter than Halo. Um, but yeah, great game. You didn't have to make the the Halo insult. Like you didn't have to take the jab at it. Hey, it's you, me, you, man. You, I I have to do my Halo jabs. I have to do my Halo jabs. Uh, Pong, if you're unaware, Amon uh, doesn't like Halo. He constantly has to attack Halo. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, you know what? I, I'm a casual Halo fan. I'm not a fanatic, but there's certainly no way I could say that I I hate it or it's a bad you game. You know who gets me? Jess, Jess Corden perfectly gets me. He hates <laughs> oh, Halo. Jesus. Lego. I hate Halo. It's a, he calls it yeah. a Lego yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah Lego yeah, game. Yeah. He knows how to rile people up, but he did change his tune after the Infinite trailer. He did say it. Yeah, so did I. Now. So did I. Okay. Okay. All right. So did I. Yeah, I'm gonna become a professional esports um, 
Halo player as soon as Infinite drops. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, um, I'm glad you're liking yeah, like a dragon. I've uh, I've preached it to you enough. Uh, we had Lord Cognito mm-hmm. telling everyone, go, you know, go play this game. So we don't shop about it. So everyone, go please play it. Um, my game of the year last year, best game of 2020. No one will convince me otherwise. Um, Pong. No, Cyberpunk is the best game of 2020. Um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, uh, what have I been playing? Well, uh, if you guys don't know, I play everything. Uh, I am a guy who dabbles in everything. So I have been playing Dark Alliance, uh, which has gotten a lot of hate, uh, but also people yeah. who've tried it got a lot of love. I'm biased, um, so I can't give you my honest like opinion because it's going to be good no matter what because it's got my favorite characters from the Forgotten Realms ever. I R.A. Salvatore is one of my favorite authors, and so that whole crew is beloved by me, so I already went into it knowing I was going to like it. I, I love it. But I played with a lot of other people, and everybody who's played it so far has had uh, you know, good, solid praise for it. Is it a perfect game? Is it a triple-A game? No, it's a double-A game by an independent studio who did a great job with what they've got. Uh, they're working on it consistently. It's already gotten better. Uh, it's just a fun game with friends. It may not be the best single-player experience for some people, and I totally get that, but as a as a dungeon you know crawler hack and slash looter it's fun it, it's just pure fun and that's what i still look for in video games so i love dark alliance and then yeah. my oh, game one, yeah, one second before you uh before you get into your yeah, other games because dark alliance is on my list as well and you okay. basically summed up how i feel about the game is it perfect mm-hmm. no there are my big issue is like the server stability sometimes it's a little glitchy you lag back and forth it, it definitely needs improvement in that sense, but I think it is a lot of fun with friends. I was literally, I just did a run before we hopped on here. I mean, That's me, awesome, man. Me and my three <laughs> friends just ran through. It's just, it, it's one of those games, you know, you feel good when you see the, the legendary loot drop. Correct. Getting your stats to go up. Is it a great game? No. Is it fun to just hang out with your friends and party chat and kill some orcs? And yeah, it oh. is. It is fun, yeah. <laughs> So I definitely don't think it's a 62 or whatever again on Metacritic. Like that's it's so harsh on this game. I I yeah I was saying this last week and my opinion is only uh, solidified in that it's not nearly as bad as everyone says. It's a lot of fun. And they're going to give us two free DLCs and one paid content DLC. So what they have planned for this is just going to continue to expand. I hope they continue to improve and it finally gets to a point where everybody finally says, you know what? Beginning, I didn't like it, but now I've come back to it, and now I actually see why everybody was having so much fun with this. That's that's what I hope for. So yeah, no, great game. So I'm I'm glad I'm glad you're also enjoying it as well because it, it does deserve a little bit. It deserves a try. It's in Game Pass, people. If you have Game Pass, just download it and try it. It might surprise you. And you might have a great time. That's the worst thing. If not, you delete it. And it didn't cost you anything. It's a beautiful thing. So uh, that's where I'm at with that one. Otherwise, I am playing what is quickly becoming probably my game of the year so far um and that is scarlet nexus um scarlet nexus is absolutely an incredible game um another game that um you know view wise there's been some mixed mixed uh, ideas on it but once you get into this game it's one of those games that after you get past the first few hours and really dive into it and really start building up the skills and you start opening up some other uh areas and you start opening up your character uh even more this game is absolutely gorgeous the animation uh style that they've used on unreal engine 4 is probably 
I've been racking my brain for over a week now trying to decide if it is, but I think it is the cleanest and prettiest looking anime style game I've ever played. Um, hands down. Um, and you know, for me, it grabbed me, it pulled me right in. The story gets better and better. At first, it seems kind of a light style story, and then all of a sudden it gets very deep. Um, and again, it's not for everybody. A lot of people don't like all the cutscenes, and I get all that kind of stuff. It's kind of, you know, kind of breaks up the action. I get that. But walking into it, knowing that this is a classic action style um JRPG set more obviously up to date bandai namco has done a fantastic job doing that and it is one of my surprises i was hyped for this game anyways just because it looked gorgeous and i'm hyped for tales of arise coming out of bandai namco too but this one right here now that i've gotten into it absolutely love it um and like i said quickly becoming my game of the year so far i, I, I just enjoying it so much with me here because my brother i was just talking to him and he's like you want to call me so i can rave about scarlet nexus for two hours because it's his game of the year right now he is almost my one friend 100 percented it already got all the achievements he, wow the entire i wish game. i had that time yeah. <laughs> i wish i had that time my, <laughs> man my brother yeah. is well on his way to that he uh he is about halfway through his second playthrough with the other character Impressive. i'm almost done with my first playthrough okay Okay. I, I wouldn't say it's my game of the year. I think Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart still holds that title, but I do think this is a fantastic game. It's a lot of the combat is so satisfying. I do have a little issue with the dodge button at certain points, but the actual like using your abilities, your teammates' abilities, combining them. And like you were saying, you open the skill tree, you can combine two, four of abilities at a yep. time. It's so much fun. The, the animations when you get those uh those crushing blows. The little yes. Scenes. yes. So yes. satisfying. It's oh, absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. And and I think you summed it up perfectly. The story starts out a little slow, and then it has mm -hmm. that. And I'm not going to spoil anything because go play. Oh. But it has a <laughs> it has a distinct cut scene where you're like, oh shit, this just got real. Yep. Correct. And <laughs> things just take off from there. And you do need to play both stories to get like the missing links because there are things that will be left out of one side that you. You know they'll tell information at certain points but you're, you're not going to get the full picture um if anyone's played fire emblem three houses that is another game where like you really need to play through all the paths to kind of get the entire picture and then you can decide you know who's right who's wrong what's going on and i liken it a lot to that sort of game just not the play style but the, the similar right. story um and i like the visual novel of it so I'm, yeah, I'm I know. And you don't get that. You don't get that from every game. That different perspective feels sometimes. Sometimes a, a, a separate playthrough with a different character still feels exactly like the same first playthrough. But I've been talking to Steel because I went Kasani first, right? So I went the girl. Oh, I went Yuito. Okay, there you go. And Steel and I have been talking because he went Yuito uh, too. Yuito as well. And we were talking. He's like, "Hey, did you get a part where they talked about this? And yeah. you know, what was no. that? What was that dynamic like?" And I'm like, "Well." sort of and this is kind of her side and he's like whoa that wait 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 he's like that's totally different he's like now i gotta play through as kasani as well i'm like yes and yeah. now i know i have to play through as as uito as well because that is so cool to have that different perspective from two different characters so awesome i, I love yeah. hearing that absolutely it's fantastic if you haven't checked it out please do um i think it's a a great game certainly it's scoring well i hear it's not selling well in japan unfortunately it's sold like 30,000 copies or something. Really? Okay. Yeah, which interesting. Yeah, not not a great showing, but 
I've seen a lot of people playing it. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen a I lot of Twitter blow up over it too. So I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's just something about Japan not connecting with this type of uh, JRPG. But I I see nothing but good things about it on Twitter. So I'm uh, apart from what we've already talked about because you and me are playing the same games. Uh, I'm <laughs> gonna wrap up uh, Ukulele on PS5. Um, I'm on the last roll of that. Slow going because I've been playing Scarlet Nexus nonstop. And then I also picked up Guilty Gear Strive. Lucky. Um, Ellis. I yeah, am. <laughs> so, so I'm not a I'm not a fighting I, I play I go to Smash Bros. tournaments, so I, I play Smash competitively, but traditional fighting games is not something I've ever been into or like you know, really sat down and been like, oh, I'm gonna take the time to learn this. But Guilty Gear, like the art style really attracted me. And then everyone said it's Strive is really simplified. They cut down the number of special moves. They made the inputs a lot more, a lot simpler. There's, you can cancel like everything in this game. You can cancel specials. You can cancel cancels. Like it's the most absurd thing. I'm still learning all the mechanics because I literally just started it. And they have a great um, tutorial mode. Basically teaches you basic combos. It teaches you Roman cancels. It teaches you all the mechanics and then shows you how to use them. And there are lots of missions, like just going over basic concepts. So I'm really liking it. Uh, I picked my picked my character already, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with her. Try to learn learn her. I did get my ass kicked a little online because I was like, I did the basic ones. I'll just go beat up. You know, I'll go fight some yeah. uh, low level people. And then I I think my record is one in nine right now. So <laughs> went about as well as I expected. But I had fun. You know, that's what matters. Having fun. Gonna learn a new fighting game. And I'm going I'm to stick with it. The only thing I don't like is the story mode isn't really a story mode. It's just a movie that's like four hours long. And I'm yep. like, why would I sit there and watch a four-hour movie? Like, look, I have on all the other Guilty Gears I have. <laughs> I enjoy them. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Like, maybe I need to watch right. a re- recap video or something. And then I'll, like, put it on in the background while I'm working. Or I, I'm not sure, but... Um, yeah, no, liking that. Excited to play more. I haven't played, uh, haven't played as much as I want, but yeah, uh, pre- pretty pumped about that. So that's uh, that's it. Unless you guys got another game you've been holding back about playing, but if not, we'll get into the the news. And uh, King Arthur says, "What up, Doe? Great time, baby. What up, King? Nice to have you here. Thanks for stopping by." So we'll get into the news roundup. And story number one is kind of a follow up from last week. Uh, Xbox Cloud Gaming expanded to PC and Apple devices officially. This was announced by Catherine Gluckstein, Vice President and Head of Product for Xbox Cloud Gaming over Xbox Wire. xCloud, or Xbox Cloud Gaming as it's officially known, is now available to all Xbox Game Pass Ultimate members with Windows 10 PCs and Apple phones and tablets via browser. If you're a member or want to become a member, go to xbox.com slash play. We're not sponsored, but they can sponsor us if they want. Uh, it's available on Edge, Chrome, and Safari. Uh, this comes after last week where we saw the cloud start to be powered by Xbox Series X Blades. And now it is confirmed the upgrade has been completed. To ensure the lowest latency, the highest quality experience across the devices is 1080p and 60fps. Uh, guys, we talked a little about cloud last week. But now it's official. Uh, has anyone jumped in to experience the now that's available to everyone? Because I, I haven't had a chance. I have. Yeah, I, I've used it on a regular basis. I was part of the beta, so I, I've used it on a regular basis on my phone. So 
How's your experience been? We've, we, I know Amon so, used it a little bit yeah. uh, and Garrett uses it sometimes. So they've had good experiences, but um, has the, have you noticed that, have you used it since they upgraded? Have you noticed a change? Yes, I, I did. I actually uh, was playing doom uh, just last night uh, on my phone. Um, and again, not to that point and being an older gamer i still have some biases when it comes to playing on my phone i'm not like a but for like turn-based stuff i absolutely love it like i've played a lot of octopath traveler on it um love that kind of stuff but i did fire up doom just to see if i could tell a difference i am lucky enough to be in a good spot i have good home internet so i don't have a whole lot of the lag issues is there still some there yes there is and it's going to have to be worked out eventually down the road Obviously, we know this. If they want to reach the 3 billion gamers across the world, they're going to have to account for places that don't necessarily have the best internet. Now, obviously, that hopefully that improves as we go through the decades. Um, but as of right now, they can do a lot of things on their end. But yes, playing Doom the other night, uh, you could definitely see and feel the difference uh, with the new uh, server blades being upgraded to that Series X. Uh, absolutely a much cleaner, much better experience. I was kind of blown away, actually. Uh, I played through probably almost... Did I play through? Yeah, I played through one whole level of it, which I never do. Again, first-person shooters on a phone, not my deal, but yeah. um, I did it and it was it was satisfying and it was it was good enough to get through Doom, which again is a fast paced high twitch kind of game it's not something that you can have a whole lot of lag on and i was okay did i die a few times where i probably shouldn't have yeah probably but overall for what i was doing and for having it on my phone laying in bed on my wi-fi was a fantastic experience and i had zero complaints and i was actually really impressed so yeah for sure that's awesome to hear uh, now speaking of doom unless someone has more to say about cloud, we've kind of talked about cloud at length uh, on this show and it's kind of, we, we don't really have much to say about it, but uh, speaking of Doom, Doom Eternal's next-gen upgrade is out. Uh, Xbox Series X performance mode is 1800p, 120 FPS, balance mode 4K60, ray tracing mode 1800p, 60 FPS. Xbox Series S performance is uh, 1080p, 120 FPS, Balanced mode is 1440p, 60fps, and ray tracing is not available, unfortunately, for Series S. How the hell did they optimize this game so well? Because we have seen people constantly complain that the Series S was marketed as a 1440p machine and that it never lives up to it, that we see things, you know, 1080 or lower in some cases. Um, but it seems that uh, id has really, really nailed this this uh, upgrade. Has anyone jumped into it? I did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I tried it the, uh, on launch day. I played with the ray tracing mode. I'm not gonna lie. I don't. I'm not really impressed with the ray tracing in the game itself. Um, it looks like all I did in that game is just ray trace reflections, not even like ray trace lighting. So I can I can really notice that. But not to take away it as it's a it's already a beautiful game and. It adds an extra layer. Definitely, it's it's freaking good. Uh, the what, what you were talking about uh, about how good at optimizing it is. I mean, we have to remember this game was also on Switch. You know, like Doom Eternal's on the Switch, and they I don't know how they manage that either. It, these guys know how to pull power from anywhere. I mean, it looks. I played. I started it on my Xbox One, so I, I have it downloaded. I'm excited once I get some time to uh, to finish it on my Series X, and I, you know, it's gonna be night and day. 
but is the switch running cloud or is that an actual game on native it runs level? natively on the system it's gotta be 30 though right like 30 fps yeah yeah or yeah. less sometimes <laughs> i was gonna say <laughs> that's, that's, that's not a lot video on it if you want to take a look at that <laughs> yeah i was gonna say if they if they upgrade that one to 60 i want to see a digital foundry video you know breaking the game runs at uh 264p 60 fps uh, on the switch um yeah i'm excited it's a that's a shame about the ray tracing. i love ray tracing i don't know what it is i am uh, i'm I just can't get over how good ray tracing looks in, in most games. Ratchet and Clank especially. I was spoiled. I don't know if you haven't jumped into it. But um, the medium had good ray tracing, I thought, for what it, for what it did. Um, True Exodus. I've seen screenshots of it. It looks beautiful. Oh, it's phenomenal. It's ridiculous. It's like a whole new game. I started over. I just wow. said, screw it. I, I was like, no, nope, I'm going to play through it like this because this is just incredible and I want to see everything all over again. So I just started over again. It, it really is that impressive. And that, again, with, with Doom, I fired it up the other night just to check it out, just to check the updates. Um, and, you know, I did, I did, I do agree that the ray tracing isn't all over the place, uh, but the, some of, some of the reflections did bring a little bit more life, uh, to some of the places that I saw. Again, I only took a quick dip in, uh, but I did switch it over to the 120 mode. I'm, I, I am a 120 whore. Uh, I absolutely, especially when it comes to shooters, I absolutely love how the, I can feel the difference in the 120, uh, and whenever I'm playing, um, and on doom, I could definitely feel it. I, again, uh, it's just magical that that mark. Um, and I'm willing to give up a little bit of the graphics to get that 120. I, I really am. So, you know, obviously with all the, the tool sets now upgrading and, and getting even better and better and all the stuff we got coming down the road, hopefully they won't have to sacrifice as much because I think that 120, if you've got the ability to do it on a you know, Twitch shooter on a first person shooter, it does make a whole lot of difference when you play that game to see it and feel it at 120. It really does. Uh, so that that's what I noticed right away. And I said, well, when I come back to this, 120 is my mode. But I did like the ray tracing. The ray tracing mode did give a little bit more oomph to the game. So I, I did enjoy that. So okay. here hearing your two perspectives, I think I'm gonna go with the the 120. Uh, you know, gotta I just keep, you know, talking about my OLED over here, but I gotta, I gotta put it to good use. You know, I got the the 120 now. Right. There's a reason for it. That's what, <laughs> I played Mass. It. I played Mass Effect at 120. I was like, I'm just gonna do it. Like, oh yeah, so do need, I. You don't need it for Mass Effect, but it's there. I'm gonna use it. It's and it still feels good in the shooting. I'm telling you, when you get in those big battles, that 120 makes a difference. I love it. So well. One more thing about Doom Eternal. Uh, have you guys seen that uh, PlayStation Five? players are not happy with the upgrade because their saves did not transfer. Um, there is a lot of speculation that they did this intentionally, that Microsoft somehow, uh, you know, yes, because there's, because there's been no problems it. with any other games because there's been zero right. problems with any other games. Just doom. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. These guys yes. clowns. They're, they're <laughs> not to, not to, not to console war, but like, that's a ridiculous assertion, uh, right? Like, it is. Most likely, they just don't want to go through the struggle that every other Avengers, Tony Hawk, countless other games of importing their save file, uploading it, downloading it, and then it's still not working. Like we've seen it countless times. So I don't really, they can only blame Sony for making it so damn complicated. Smart, smart delivery was just a buzzword, remember? I mean, that was just a fake buzzword that Microsoft was using. 
didn't, didn't really mean anything until now it means something, right? So that that's the way it is. And again, it's not even console warring at this point. It's just a it's a it's a point of technology. That's all it is. Microsoft did years and years of work on their hardware, on all of their services, on their cloud, everything else to get it to this point. And Sony didn't do that infrastructure upgrade to make this possible. That's all there is to it. It's not a console war thing. It's just a feature that is not offered on one that's offered on the other one because one put the time and investment and resources into doing this because they had the foresight to see this is where they wanted it to go. And it has bigger implications for all of their plans. And Sony just isn't there yet because Sony really didn't take cloud gaming seriously yet. They haven't done any of that stuff. That's Microsoft's game right now. That's everything to them. And it's their future. That's where they're going. So they saw all this in advance. They did all the work. And now we as consumers are reaping the benefits of it. And unfortunately, the Sony side is seeing the problems with not having that kind of foresight or that kind of planning out there. That That's all there is. It, it is what it is. So. Anything to, to add, Amon or Tom, before we move on to the next story? Yeah, I think Pong, Pong pretty much summed it up. Okay. Yeah, he covered it. I mean, well, there was other games of this scenario. So, I mean, I don't see the reason why they would have blamed, but yeah. Complainers going to complain. That's right. That's right. Complainers going to complain. But we'll move on. Uh, story number three is uh, guys, how far away is Elder Scrolls 6? I'm pulling from Tom Ivan over at Video Game Chronicle, who has a roundup from a Todd Howard interview with The Telegraph. Uh, Todd Howard has said that Elder Scrolls 6 will benefit from the development work the studio is currently doing on Starfield. Quote, the new technology, Creation Engine 2, is sort of built for both games. It's like a new tech base. The vast majority of our development work is on Starfield right now, but everybody works on everything, so the projects kind of intertwine. It's good to think of Elder Scrolls 6 as still being in the design phase, but we're checking the tech. Is this going to handle the things we want to do in the game? Every game will have some new suites of technology, so Elder Scrolls 6 will still have some additions on Creation Engine 2 that the game is going to require. These new systems are optimized for the vast worlds we love to create with generational leaps, not just in graphics, but CPU and data streaming as well, has led to our largest engine overhaul since Oblivion. Um, so it's still in the design phase. Does that surprise you? Did we think it was further along? Uh, when, when are we thinking this game's kind of come out? I know, uh, you know, Tom, you look I like- I thought it was you. a- Oh, you can go, Amon. Come on. What do you, what do you got? <laughs> Yeah, um, no, I thought it was a little further uh, further along than the design phase. But yeah, I think it's like a end-of-the-gen game, probably the last year of the Series X. That's when we'll get it. Oh. You don't, yeah. think, you don't think we're going to get to the last <laughs> year of the Series yeah. X? This gen could be seven years. years. I don't know yeah, about think, that. This could be seven, uh, yeah, eight so years I long. Think, I think 2027 20, is when we could get it. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Ooh. Oh. All right. Um, you, got a, you got a different take? I mean, I really thought it would have been much further along. Don't just... My issue with the whole thing is, why are you going to show us a teaser trailer two years ago? Well, and only they, be in the design phase. They did it just to, like, assure the fans that they're going to stick to single player after Fallout 76, you know? I think that's the main reason they did it. I mean, but I would have known, like, known that a new game's going to come out regardless. I didn't need that, you know, that fake teaser in yeah, front of but... me. Yeah, bro. <laughs> and also, I would I would take Elder Scrolls before I would take Starfield. 
So if they, if I got to choose which one comes first, definitely Elder Scrolls. And I don't think it's going to be end of the year like or end of the cycle like a mod things. That's Jesus. It's still a design phase. It's, it's got to take another at least another six, five to six years. So, but we don't know how good their planning is, right? So we don't know like if, how much of the quests they already got ran down. You know what the general idea of the landscape is going to be looking like. Uh, gameplay, um, gameplay implementations. If their engine's good to work with now, especially since they were fighting it with Starfield, it should generally be easier to go ahead and create that entire world. So I would, I would say, end of the generation is still too far. Maybe three years after Starfield, if anything. Don't at, at most. Don't most games spend the majority of their time in pre-production? So I assume the design phase is pre-production. So like, you want. I forget who said it, but you want your game in pre-production for like as long as possible. And then you can, it, the actual production part is like the shortest time they spend on it. There's a lot of, there's a lot of different factors. We have to take, we have to consider who's, who's talking about this. This is Todd Howard and this is his team. Okay. Todd Howard, but he considers the design, you know, the early design phase it could be different from a lot of devs and seems to be different from a lot of devs. Number one, number two, we have to remember with the creation engine two, right? For, for the first time in Bethesda's history, they actually have a team of engineers now working on the engine before they would, would just take like, people off the project that we're working on and say, Hey, we need, we need this part of the engine fixed right now. Can you guys hop over there and go fix this stuff? They now have a core team that just works on the engine itself. So if they are taking whatever they are learning from uh, the development process with Star uh, with Starfield, and now they have a comfortability with the creation engine too, they have this separate team that takes care of all the engine's needs and stuff. So implementing new stuff for whatever they need on Elder Scrolls 6 is not going to take up the core team's time we could see the Bethesda development time cut down because I still believe that Starfield was ready to rock and roll, would have been ready to rock and roll this year. I think they put it back in the oven to bake it, to give it time because Todd asked for it, um, and they just did it. But I think it was on pace to be released this year. Obviously, last year with everything that happened set some things behind, but I still think they were shooting for this year. They just said, you know what, Todd, we don't need you this year. We got Halo. We got Forza Horizon. You know, do you want some more time? And Todd said, yeah, man, let's, let's cook it some more. So I think that's what went down. So I think now that they're going to have this, this entire development uh, stage with Starfield learning creation engine two, having this separate team really could cut down on that time frame that we see elder Scrolls six. And, and, you know, like you guys were just talking about when, when Todd is talking about you know, this pre-production stuff and, and development stages, it's different than what everybody else thinks it is. Like he's been, again, Indiana Jones was announced. We're not going to have to wait six years for Indiana Jones. Mm -hmm. Todd's already done a majority of the work. He pitched it to Lucas, you know, however many years ago for Todd, that means he already had the entire basic premise of the entire game already laid out and how he wanted to see it done. Right. That's how Todd does things. Same thing's going to be here for Elder Scrolls. I'm sure they got a lot of the pieces already in place. They already have a lot of major pieces built out and how they think they're going to lay out. And they're going to, as Starfield wraps up, that team's going to start transitioning right over into Elder Scrolls 6. They're going to start development. Um, I think I think it's going to be a 2025 holiday, 2025 release. I think they're going to get this thing and knock it out of the park. That's where I'm at with it. So. I think, I think we're on the same page. 2025 is what I was thinking as well. You know, I think that lines up with uh, with Tom three years after Starfield because Starfield's 2022. So 
I think that makes a lot of sense from my perspective, since they are, you know, in the planning stages, designing creation engine from what Todd has said is really going to make this game, I think, a lot easier for them to make. You know, it's, right. it's really going to, especially if they're mastering it now with Starfield, which we know is a next gen only title. So they already have that, you know, the Elder Scrolls 6. I can only imagine how good this game is going to look when it comes out. Like, and now they only have one one system or two systems pc and xbox to focus on they don't have to worry about anything else anymore so that's yeah. extra and if starfield is next gen only i imagine elder scrolls is only going to be series x and s as well like they're not gonna they'll let the xbox one they'll let the xbox one people stream it through the cloud you know what they're doing there but it's going to be pc and series that they they're gonna want the the machines that are powerful enough to play the, this console or this game uh, so I think 2025 is reasonable. And uh, just just in case you're wondering, it was 2009 George, uh, he pitched to George Lucas about Indiana Jones. Um, so, so, yeah, 12 wow, years 12 ago. Years, 12 years. <laughs> yeah. That's another one of his babies I can't wait because he's wanted to do an Indiana Jones. So that's huge. I can't wait for that one. Too. I really just want to know what – I just really want to know what kind of game it is because I've heard, I've heard people say third-person action adventure. I've heard people say, no, they're going to go weird and do it like a first-person type thing. And I'm like, I really hope it's third-person. We have enough first-person games coming from Xbox. So. I agree. Yeah, it's yeah. curious. Right like, around yeah. right around the, that time frame was like when Uncharted was massive. So maybe that's where he got the idea. You know what? Let me go out there and try to get the actual IP. <laughs> right, the one that started it all, the one that the man, <laughs> the myth, the legend, the one that matters. Yeah. No, I think it's cool, and I think that with Indiana Jones would be really sweet. And I've talked about this before on other shows. Is I think this is the perfect match made in heaven. Sorry, I know we're off topic, but again, I just I just love this stuff. But I think we go episodic. Um, with Indiana Jones. I think you make this episodic, you make smaller pieces, you know, smaller experiences. It's perfect for game pass. It's perfect for a lot of different situations. You can pump them out every one to two years. You put Indiana Jones in different locations, all different kind of new adventures. That's, that's his whole gig is traveling around the world. You got the entire world. You just make episodes everywhere, finding new treasures, you know, new, everything new antagonists everything each little setup but it would cut down your production time and you can keep putting out those pieces keep people happy people would constantly be saying hey when's that next indiana jones gonna drop when's that next indiana jones gonna drop it's like crack man people are gonna want it especially if they do it right um because you know again it, i know indiana jones doesn't have the same kind of mm -hmm. appeal that he may have in his prime there's still that Indiana Jones inside of a lot of us. And it comes out when you get to see it on screen and go get adventure and go puzzle solve and find treasure and all that kind of cool stuff that we all want to do as kids, I think it would be awesome as an episodic kind of adventure. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. I'm not even an Indiana Jones fan, but I think the, the concept like in my mind, you know, he's got the whip. I, I think that can be a, a fun gameplay mechanic, like latching on to stuff, use it for combat. I just think there's a lot of possibilities with this game, so I'm excited. I haven't thought about that episodic approach um, for some reason in my mind, and I don't know if anyone will understand this reference, but I was like, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Yeah, that's that's yeah. really what, I, what you were talking about. That's probably, right. it's probably too young for you, Amon. You probably have no idea what the hell I just talked about. I certainly do. But, I certainly do. I was yeah. like, where, where in the world is Indiana Jones? Yeah, Jones. Yeah, where's he gone now? <laughs> it'd be amazing i love it we can uh we can move on if no one else has anything 
No, right. uh, Pog, I wanted to ask you, like, what were you thinking with episodic? Like, um, eight to ten hour experience or short, shorter? Yeah, no, I, w- I would say that ten, I would even, I would probably say that eight to twelve hour experience. Um, you know, again, your main core experience being that, uh, you could, you know, you could have some side adventures that branch it out a little bit more that get you up to near that 15 mark. But if they just want to come in between eight to 12 as an episodic kind of thing, I think it would be perfect and again if you could pump out those every one to two years in a new location give somebody something different to look at every single time i can guarantee especially like i said it's perfect for the game pass model it's absolutely perfect it would give them that consistency they're already gonna have a ton of content like i'm not even talking about they're gonna need it but i'm just saying it would be a great game to drop every like everybody knows like every year and a half or every let's say every two summers we're going to get a new indiana jones adventure to look forward to kind of like when they announce movies and they say okay you know we're going to have you know movie one here movie two here it'd be perfect everybody be looking forward to it again if they pull it off and they do it well if they don't do it well it's you know (laughs) all bets are off but if they do it well it would just give somebody people that anticipation of looking forward to the next adventure that's the way i look at it not even uh not even game pass but it kind of reminds me of what we're seeing um Sony studios do where they do these, um, you know, not DLCs, but like they're kind of expanded deals. like Miles Morales, um, Uncharted, uh, what was it? Lost Legacy. Lost Legacy. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those type of shorter experiences that maybe don't come out at the $60 price point come out at at 40 and then you have game pass. I think, I think 40 could be a good price point because as you said, Indiana Jones isn't as popular as it used to be. Um, and people might see be like, oh, I remember Indiana Jones. I'll pick that up for forty or, or thirty or whatever. I, I think they don't have Game Pass, but get Game Pass. Uh, they'll keep it at sixty, though. You know that they have to pad that yeah. that Game Pass number. <laughs> you know the value of the Game Pass if you drop it to forty, twenty dollars less. Yeah, but they're going to have some small experiences no matter what in there. So it is what it is. I mean, if they came out and tried to promote it as a $60 game and it was a smaller experience, that's when you're really going to run into problems, right? That's when people are going to be like, wait, 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 wait. Here we go. You guys got Game Pass now. Now you're trying to tell us this is a full experience. This normally would have been a smaller experience. You don't want to do that either. So We, we, we had that discussion a few weeks ago, I think, Tom, about uh, this length, like this should length determine price, right? Like, because uh, I... I Platinumed and a hundred percent. I platinum and a hundred percent. Rash and Clank in fourteen hours. Like that's a short experience by all standards. But I feel like I that was I was eighty six dollars well spent because I got the digital lux edition. I don't regret that. Like I'm I'm completely fine with fourteen hours and that that costed me that. So I I don't subscribe to length should equal as I'm on the same quality. No, some I'm, people do, right? But some people do. It, it's in the eye of the beholder. Like the value of something is whatever somebody's willing to pay for it. So if you mm-hmm. got the best experience out of it, and you I, again, there's a plenty of games I can say the same thing about. You, you got the best experience, but you wanted out of it, and you say to yourself, you sit back and you're like, man, yeah, that was that was money well worth it. But other people walk away and go, oh man, that was really short. I wanted more. What that was like really, sh-. you can't either side. Neither side is wrong in that 
case. It's just that you're going to appeal to some people when you can say your game is longer versus shorter. And I know some of that is a stigma because you're right. Length should never determine quality. You're absolutely 100% correct. It's just in the minds of some people that's going to say something to them and they're going to walk into it already expecting something and it may drag it down for them. But again, that's on them. That's their problem. But you know, you're still going to have both sides of that coin when you look at it. Some people are going to be happy. Some people just won't be happy. So it is what it is. You got to do what you feel is best for your game. Creators at the end of the day, it, it's all about them. So. Yeah. And then there'll also be the fanboys. Right. Yeah. We don't count them. It is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can, uh, we can go to the next story. Uh, Remedy is expanding the control universe, guys. Um, in a release on Tuesday, Remedy announced they've signed a co-publishing and development agreement with 505 Games, the publisher of Control, uh, for a multiplayer spin-off game in the Control universe. They gave some details regarding the game, which is codenamed Condor. The game will be a new four-player co-op PvE game. It'll be built on Remedy's Northlight engine and will be available on PC, PS5, and Xbox Series X and S. Uh, Tom, I want to get you in. Uh, did did you play Control? Is this uh, is this something that you're excited for? I played Control. I never beat it, by the way. I just I always find something else that piques my interest, and I just I'll go back to it eventually. Like it took me like a dragon months to beat for the same exact reason. I'm I can see a co-op game in the Control universe being really interesting. Actually, um, we're already getting a lot of these kind of co-op games. Uh, but so I mean, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, with the control universe, I can I, I can see it work. Uh, you know, with the control universe, they, there's a lot of like supernatural powers that come along with it. So, you know, if every character is different enough, you know, I have their own special abilities to go along with it. It can be good. I mean, is it something I'm going to be super excited for? If it, you know, whenever it comes out, I guess I'll just have to wait and see some gameplay. I mean. It, there's just so many of these kind of games. I, I I don't know what to be excited for anymore. Aman, you were shaking your head. Yeah, no, it's probably not something I'm looking forward to. Um, there's too many co-op games right now, especially PVE. We have Extraction, Back for Blood, Warhammer 40K. It's just too much. Too. I'm 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 gonna push back a little bit, like. Is you don't like PvP, so no, I thought that I don't like PvE. I, I, it's just there's too many of them, so I probably won't have time to play this one again. I'm always looking for games to jump in with my friends. Uh, I'll play every PvE game there is. You know, I kind of, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't really, I, I kind of fell off the PvP train. You know, some games I'll still do PvP, but those big like Call of Duty, sitting down playing those types of games. They don't really appeal to me anymore. I, I'm much more just like getting a party, chat with my friends, and kill some kill some mobs and and have those fun times. So PVE appeals to me a lot more. Um, and I loved Control. I played Ultimate Edition uh, this year when I came to PS Plus, and I thought it was fantastic. Uh, the DLC sucks. I I don't care. I don't like that DLC. But I would love to just be like a agent of the bureau and somehow the thing is like if you give everyone powers that's weird because jesse is really the only one like supposed to have the powers in the control universe well i want to besides her brother right like yeah but what i was thinking was more like you know how every there's the objects of power yeah so everyone can have like a different object of power and this is and and they use it right 
Right. Yeah, yeah, and then okay, use them. That'd be cool. That would be cool. Uh, Pong, you you play Control? Uh, yeah, I've played. I have. I haven't beat it. Uh, I waited for the Ultimate Edition to come out. I had started it, and then I heard about the Ultimate Edition, and I just waited. So it's. It's sitting there. It's downloaded. It's ready to rock and roll. I just haven't jumped back into it on Series X yet. But um, I love the concept. I actually enjoyed uh, what I did play. I probably played probably eh, 10, 10 hours, 15 hours in it. So um, really love the the whole experience. Um, you know, again, I don't until it's hard for me. There's certain games that I get hyped up for, right? There's certain games I know are going to be good. There's certain games yeah. that I always go into, but I never try to downplay a game just because a developer comes out and says, Hey, we want to go try this new way of, you know, we're going to take, we're going to take this universe we created and we're going to try a whole new experience. Um, I don't want to get a preconceived notion about it until I hear a little bit more and see a little bit more. I'm always down for co-op too. I'm a, I'm a solo, I'm a lone wolf at heart. Um, but ever since I jumped into this community, I've definitely played a lot more co-op games. Um, it, is it funny or is it just me? Or did all these companies just get together and decide this is going to be the couple years of co-op, Europe, right? right? <laughs> yeah. we, were, we talked about that last week, you know, anacrusics, <laughs> back for blood, hey, alien fires. Fire yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm it's telling like, you, there was a conference. All these developers got hey. together and then they said, let's all make co-op games. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's great. It's fantastic. Like, you know, cause like, you guys, I do look for those experiences because they are fun. And like I said, I don't have too many bad experiences hopping into parties with friends. You know, even Outriders was fun despite all of its issues. It was still fun to hop in with a friend. You know, I beat it co-op style, right? That's that's what I did. Um, so I'm looking forward to it because I always like to see what Remedy can do. Uh, I think they're very creative. I think that they do bring some different uh, techniques, a lot like Arcane. Um, you know, the mechanics within the game can be unique to that game or feel unique uh especially you know control definitely gave you a different feel from a lot of other games um you know so for me i'm always looking forward to what remedy can put together and this is no different i'm going to look forward to it and try to see what you know i'm i want to i want to find out more see how they're going to do it like you said there's there's some things different elements that they could bring in from control but how they're going to put it all together when you're co-oping that's going to be completely kind of a, a different style. So um, I am looking forward to it, um, and I, I can't I can't wait. Uh, you know, again, Remedy's on the upswing, but they do take their sweet time with their games. Uh, again, where's Crossfire X, guys? Crossfire X. Finish Crossfire X before you start talking about new games, please. I want that, <laughs> please. Um, so, but, uh, you know, again, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. Remedy's a good, 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 good development team, so. Make it tie into Alan yeah. Wake more. They also have a lot of games in development. Didn't they sign like yeah, a two game deal with Epic Games and now like four, uh, three or four? Yeah, right yeah. 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 Wow, yeah. that's they crazy. They're expanding. Yeah. Just finish Crossfire X. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> they said it's almost done. We we reported on it like two weeks ago or something. Yeah, I, I, right, right. It was supposed to be it's done last year. Pass, Come on. It's not coming on Game Pass. Yeah, though. no, it's not coming to Game Pass. But is what it is. Um, all right. Well, we got two more stories, and we'll go on to the next one. And, I, I, you know, we were talking before the show, you like Mass Effect, so maybe this will appeal to you. Uh, former head of BioWare, Casey Hudson, has announced a new studio called Humanoid. Uh, Casey Hudson's known for his work on iconic titles like Knights of the Old Republic and the Mass Effect trilogy. Casey Hudson left BioWare in December. The new Canadian-based studio will be working on a brand-new IP. And I was going to, uh, you know referenced garrett because he's canadian but he's not here so uh well, well you know I, i'm excited uh, you know casey has an um, original mass effect guy i love mass effect 
I don't know what they're going to do. I hope it's something similar to Mass Effect and not Anthem. Like, let's stay as far <laughs> away as possible from Anthem and Andromeda, even though I don't know if Casey Hudson did Andromeda. I don't think so. I, I think, don't think he did. He was gone yeah, at that point. I thought, yeah, they came back after the fact. But yep. Uh, yep. So stick to stick to the good. Let's, let's go back to that, Casey, and uh, you'll have me on board for whatever Humanoid puts out. I'll, I'll certainly look forward to seeing it. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I, Casey Hudson's again, how much talent has EA thrown away? How much talent did they have accumulated and they just wasted it and let them all just, or forced them basically all to leave because they wanted to do this stuff their way. They wanted to do, you know, they, they wanted everybody to just pump out multiplayer games because that was the way to do it. And they had this core group of talent, especially Bioware that was some of the best talent at creating single player story driven experiences rpgs right they just let it all walk they just let it all go away so i'm happy for k I, I, i'm happy for casey i can't wait to see what he brings out again um this is something that if i'm phil and the xbox team i am i've been on the phone with casey a lot and i've been going what do you guys got going on let us know you know where are you guys going we are now the home of western rpgs uh we'd love to add another one come on over uh, because yeah. I think you don't, there's, there's so few people in this industry. There's a ton of talent in this industry, but there's so few leaders in this industry when it comes to like the Todd Howards um, of the world that can put together a team and, and have a proven track record at this point. Again, KOTOR, right? Mass Effect, Dragon Age. You just don't get any better than that right there. I mean, if you just brought in a resume and said, hey, this is my resume. Yeah, that that's you're done. You could retire on that. So um, at this point, I, I I can't wait. I'm excited to see it. I'm glad he branched out. I'm glad he's not going to have anybody over him. I'm glad he's going to be able to do whatever his creative genius wants to. He'll be able to bring in the people. I'm sure there's plenty of people that he's able to draw uh, because he is a well-known person, uh, well-known developer in the community, and I'm sure he'll draw in a lot of talent there. Um, and I can't wait to see what he comes up with. I'm excited. This is awesome. Come on, Tom, feel free to jump in. Yeah, <laughs> Pong pretty much summed it all up. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> right, you know what? Come I'll on. just let everybody else go first. I'll, I'll end it. Okay. So you guys just go first from here on out. <laughs> Before we started oh, the podcast, yeah, no, you, you, you phrased it perfectly. <laughs> you know, you, oh, you just phrased it perfectly. Like, it gets, it doesn't get better than that. <laughs> but try. That's all I'm asking. All right. All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> So I think Casey Hudson was the creative director for the new Dragon Age 4, and then uh, he just abruptly left uh, sometime last year. Um, again, we don't know how Dragon Age 4 is going to uh, turn out to be since Casey Hudson's gone. Um, like I think that game had a few development changes recently. Um, yeah, I'm pretty. I'm looking forward to what they uh, announce. I think they'll start off with an indie indie title, and then exp if it's successful, expand to a more AAA approach. I don't know. You'd think that he'll like stick to the formula that Bioware has created, or would he try to do his own thing, even in the indie format? I think he's gonna try and do his own thing, or he, there might be some similar elements with, from like Mass Effect and stuff. But I think he's gonna try and do his own thing as much as possible. I'd love to see a return to like Mass Effect One, more like RPG narrative driven, as opposed yeah. to like Mass Effect Three, like third base cover shooter 
Um, but the combats makes the game fun. No, Evan. you can keep the combat, but keep keep the elements of the the more RPG elements. They really dumbed down the level, like the the skill system, and like they just dumb shit down in math, later Mass Effect. And that, I I can't I can't. So like I want the I want the more narrative based game. I, I really think he excels in in those types of things. Um, like like Kotor. Kotor is very narrative heavy, but. Decision based decisions matter. I want I want that. Kind yes, of stuff. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I, that's what I'm getting at. Um, but good luck, Casey. We can uh, wrap up our news story here. Uh, might be the biggest news story we say for last. Uh, Konami and Bloober team have officially announced a strategic cooperation agreement. This will include quote jointly developing selected contents and exchanging know how. Konami stated they are, quote, excited to work with Bloober Team and other highly regarded development partners to produce games for existing and new IPs. Bloober Team has long been rumored to be working on a Silent Hill game, and this comes off the back of the Blue Box Silent Hill Kojima rumor, Scandal, whatever the hell you want to call it, that, that show that was going on on Twitter. It's not Kojima. Let it go, guys. <laughs> but uh yeah blue team i mean we've all suspected he's been working on uh oh i'm frozen no you're, you're not frozen for us I'm frozen you're, good. For you're good you're good all right well you know what i'll take over and start talking i guess <laughs> <laughs> let him go <laughs> uh we we uh, early on in our podcast we talked about this too where we thought yeah. that you know that uh bloober team would be like the best choice to you know take the mantle of silent hill so i dude i'm, I'm excited for the partnership uh, i would love to see where it goes if anyone can make a good silent hill game it's definitely going to be bloober team they have like the you know every the entire feel of the medium felt Silent Hill to me, from like the camera angles to the gameplay, they can do so much more with a better IP. Uh, it, it'll only make the you know what's more of a small development studio like Bloober Team comparatively, they'll just become massive after that if they they'll take off so far. Uh, I'm back. I, I froze. I don't know if anybody noticed, so I, I came in midway. Yeah, there. We, um, you weren't we're still books, moving, by the way. You were still fine. You're still moving. Yeah. Uh, my my whole Discord <laughs> closed and then restarted. So I was like, Yeah, no, you were fine for us. We could see you talking, <laughs> moving, everything. So. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad you uh, I'm glad you kept the show going. Uh, yeah, Bloober <laughs> Team. Uh, I love I love Bloober Team. Uh, Tom and I did our review of the Medium, our spoiler cast. We were both, you know, we love that game. Um, we, we rated it very highly. I thought the story was fantastic. So I'm certainly excited if they do a, a Silent Hill. I don't know if uh, uh, Mon or, or Pong, you, you guys are Silent Hill fans? I've never played Silent Hill. Back in the day, for sure, um, I was. As I get older, I get I less, or I enjoy horror games less, right? So for me, it's like one of those, it's a fine line. Like, I can still play them, um, but if they're too much, then I can't. So I just, you know, it's going to depend on how they do it. But I played through the medium. I really enjoyed the medium. Medium was fantastic. So uh, I am definitely looking forward to what the Bloober team can do. Um, the Bloober team is an ascending studio. Um, mm -hmm. I always look for ascending studios. Every single game that they put out has gotten better, 
right? The more backing they've got, the more support they've got, the better that team has produced. And that is a great sign. That means that they're growing within the development structure, right? And that's what you want to look for for a team when you want to pick out a different team that say, hey, this is the next big thing. You want to see that consistency through each iteration of a game that they create. And with Bloober Team, they are a prime example. So I am excited for this team because I think this is one of those teams, much like Ninja Theory, that if they stick it out together, they started small, um, but they've worked together for so long and they kept that core team um, and you build that trust and you build that knowledge base within that core team over a period of years, you can actually find yourself at the pinnacle at some point where I think Ninja Theory is headed, right? And again, I know we're not talking about Ninja Theory, but I look at both of those teams as those ascending style teams that you can kind of follow their progress and go, yes, these guys get it, right? These guys understand what this is about. These guys know uh, how to put a game together and they're just getting started um and they're and they're starting to scratch the surface of their actual talent um and that's what i saw in the medium uh tom like you talked about they matched silent hills atmosphere 100 perfectly they even talked about it that silent hill was obviously a big influence on them and their entire team but they nailed that atmosphere down um i know they've hired um some combat mechanic uh people uh so they're obviously working on a game that's going to have to have some combat in it which is what a lot of people feel is lacking from their games so that's going to be a big step for them um and hopefully they've got the right people in place to do that because if they can merge those two styles together what they already know how to do right which is build a fantastic story driven world uh with you know little to no any kind of combat combat right um but uh, they put that world together and then they merge in some combat action style, which people do like to have. And we we know there is some in Silent Hills. Then I think you've got the recipe for a masterpiece because now they're going to have the financial backing uh, to go ahead and do this next step up in game quality. And I think that's what you're going to see them shine because I know a lot of people. And again, it, it, some of it's just the fanboy stuff. Some of it's still the medium stuff, whatever the case may be. I know a lot of people kind of were like, eh, Bloober, oh, great. I look forward to it because I think that this team could put together something special. And like you said, Tom, if they do this right and they put out a Silent Hill game that is critically acclaimed, because you go back and look at the last Silent Hill games, they haven't been uh, critically received very well at all. So if you get a Bloober team that can put together a critically acclaimed Silent Hill and one that the majority of the fans have been waiting for and say, hey, this is like... This is like old school Silent Hill, you know, Kojima who, uh, if they can pull that off, you're right, Tom, they're going to be, they're going to be looked at and be like in a whole new light. And that's a big, big move, a big, bold move for a team like this. It shows they have the confidence to even approach Konami at this point and say, Hey, we want to take on a franchise like Silent Hill that is beloved, that has a fanatical fan base. That is a huge confidence uh, that's showing a huge confidence from that team in general, just to say that they want to take that on. So more power to them. I hope it all works out and I hope this is real because I think Bloober team is probably one of the best teams out there outside of maybe like Tango uh, that could do a Silent Hill uh, properly at this point. And obviously Kojima's there. I mean, we saw what he did with PT. Everybody loved it. I couldn't, I couldn't stand I, PT scared the crap out of me. I, I, I couldn't touch it. Uh, but, but, 
outside of those couple, um, you know, I, I think Bluebird team's the perfect uh, match for this uh, to take this on. So. No, I, I, I was going to bring up that I saw Jez Corden say they hired some combat um, d- designers. And I, I think that is really what was missing from the medium. You know, we had, we didn't have combat. We had a bubble shield, uh, you know, and then using light. And it's not, it's not combat. We want like, take, <laughs> you know, if they do a sequel to medium, which I, I would love. I really hope there's some sort like where I can like control something or, or throw, you know, some sort of combat. Right. But Silent Hill, you know, you always have the you have that gun. You walk around with a pistol. You gotta shoot that. So, I really think that if they're making a Silent Hill game, which they are, I mean, it's it's the worst kept secret in the world at this point. They're making a Silent Hill. I think they know the tone. They just need to get that gameplay right, and that is going to be their big test to really show the world what they can do because not everyone is paying attention to them right now. And some people that are paying attention to them really criticize them and think their games are not good. You know, they, the medium didn't score bad, but it didn't score well. And they've had, you know, layers of fear. I think it's probably their biggest one that was like well-received, but they've had backlash for other games like Blair Witch. Blair Witch was not a title that was well-received and I haven't played it. So I can't speak to whether that was, fair or unfair it was but, a technical thing too the technical aspects of blair witch sucked right but the people who actually got through it said it was a great blair witch story and they actually once they got into it were like you know what to say in a bad game if you can get past the technical side of things that's where most people turned it off i, I played it for like an hour and i was like yeah this is this is a little too much this is a little too much jank for me this is uh this is hard to do so yeah, that's yeah. So, so they if they can improve those uh, aspects, and it, maybe they can with the you know the backing of Konami. They, Konami has the knowledge of how to do this. They've been they've been in the game a while. Sure, they're doing pachinko machines now, uh, so <laughs> they're kind of just you know wasting all their IPs. But they say they are working with other developers on the existing and new IPs. So I think Konami is kind of getting back in the game slowly. I don't think them themselves are interested as much in making games, but I think they realize that they have properties like Metal Gear Solid, like uh, Silent Hill, like Castlevania, 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 which I believe they are. Aren't they doing some sort of collection for Castlevania? Um, Supposedly there's something in the works for Castlevania. Yes. There was an ESRB rating leak, I think. Um, Yeah. So I think they're really starting to see that, hey, people like our properties. Maybe we shouldn't just let them sit there because we can we can have our pachinko machines and, uh, you know, still still get these games out. We just won't make them, but we'll we'll see all the benefits. People will be like, oh, Konami's Konami's back if they publish them. Say Bluebird team makes them. Konami publishes them. That's a win win for everyone. Bluebird team raises their stock. Konami appeases the fans of those IP. So I don't see I don't see downside. Just to, going back to Castlevania real quick, it really astounds me that they really haven't like capitalized on that franchise the in Netflix such a long series, time. Right? Exactly. There's a Netflix anime that's like critically acclaimed at this point, and you know yeah, you have all the hype behind Netflix that. But you're... It's amazing. It is amazing. You're just gonna like, keep yeah, your well... series like there doing nothing. The last, the last game was what on the 360 and uh, PS3, right? The last uh, actual Castlevania game. Mm. There was I th- I feel like there were some ports oh. to like the 3DS or something. Like I feel like there was some Castlevania something on the 3DS. Am I making am I imagining that? 
There's something. Uh, there's something in between there. I think. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I think there's something in between there. Yeah, I remember the mm. one I played on the PS3 had good combat and a good story behind it. There was. They made two sequel. They made a sequel to it too. But after that, I think they just went in dead silence with Castlevania, if I'm remembering correctly. See indie games like like Bloodstained. I don't know if anyone's yeah, played you, Bloodstained, you, but that's basically Castlevania. That was well yeah, no, yeah. Oh, you're right. They they had they had Grimoire of the Souls for mobile back in 2019, but that oh, was wow. oh. yeah. They made a pachinko machine out of it. Yeah. <laughs> so, but Not yeah, surprised. Uh, they would. I they would. <laughs> Lords of, Lords of Shadow 2 was the, was the actual last full game that they put out, which was Xbox 360 and PS3. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been a while. And they're, like I said, they're just letting their money making franchises uh, sit dormant. And I think maybe they're finally starting to realize that's not probably the best thing. So if you're hearing me, Konami, give me a Yu Gi Oh game. You got, you got the rights. <laughs> All right. I want a duel. We get those. No, I don't want just like the card game. I want like back in the GameCube era, they made actual like story-based Yu-Gi-Oh game. It's like kind of with like the anime characters, and it was it was way better than just like the actual like playing the card game. If I want to play the card game, I can go fucking play the card game. <laughs> well, the, the interesting side of the Silent Hill thing too is if the second game rumored is true, because if they've got another Japanese, they said high-profile Japanese developer working on a second Silent Hill game. How are you going to have those two come out unless they're two completely different style games? That's what I'm curious about. Like, what? Got two different developers, two different parts of the world making a franchise that is beloved, which is fantastic. That's great. Silent Hill's been, you know, gone for too long. But but the point being is, how are you going to make sure that those two aren't like at odds with each other? Like, what? It's going to be interesting to see how they pull this off if it's real. I mean, if it if it turns out to be a true thing. Yeah, wasn't that a big issue with uh, Microsoft and uh, what was that one game that never came out that everyone wanted with the guy with the headphones? He like had a dragon. Oh, yeah. Huh? Had a dragon. What was that game called again? I thought you were talking about Phantom Dust. Everyone wants it back. I platinum. I platinum. Scalebound. Scalebound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Scalebound. Yeah. That was one of the issues of that one. It's uh, like the communication. So I can. It depends on who they give it to. I mean, I'm sure there's some. Japanese uh, developers who you know would like to take. It's going to have way with. two different perspectives. So, once if they both come out, they're both classic style Silent Hill games set in the Silent Hill universe, but they have two completely opposite different perspectives. So, you got two stories going on in the same world, and you're going to try to promote both of these. Like that, that could get interesting. I, I, I want to throw a theory out that maybe. One of the studios is working on a remastered collection, like we saw for Mass Effect. They can true. they can throw that out, get hype up for the series, then release a new one. Because I feel like we're seeing that more and more these days, where you remaster the old game to get hype for a yeah. new game. Right, which make make which would make perfect sense. So yeah, I could see that. You're right, that could happen for sure. Or Bluebird Team's working on one, and Kojima's working on one. You know, I don't know. Is Kojima a Japanese studio? Does he count as a Japanese studio? Yes. Okay. Jima production yeah. still counts as a Japanese studio. Yeah. That's so, what I yeah. thought. Well, good luck to them. We'll see what happens with <laughs> yeah. Silent Hill. Um, but that's all the news for this week, guys. So as we do every week here, we're going to end with a fun topic of the show. Last week we did Jeopardy. If you missed that, 
go uh, go watch our Jeopardy episode, see who wins. Um, this week, Aman brings us a topic, and it's uh, what is the best trilogy in video games? And since it's your topic, Aman, I want you to go first. Tell me what the best trilogy is in your opinion and why. And fix your camera if you would. Right. You um, <laughs> why? What's up with my camera? It's been a loading screen for like 20 minutes. Wait, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, one second. Uh, I guess uh, one of us has broken. I picked him specifically to be like, your, lo- your, your camera is broken. There it is. There he is. You're fine. You're good now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, um, the best trilogy in gaming, if you ask me, would be the Batman Arkham series. Um, that, uh, the Bat- Batman Arkham um, Asylum was one of the first games um, on the three. Uh, I played on the Xbox 360. Loved that game. Um, as, as a big comic book fan, as a big Batman fan in general, that game does so much for me. The, the combat, especially, love the combat. Uh, and then Arkham City just takes it to a whole new level where you can glide around Arkham City and you, uh, fight bad guys, the open world. I love that. And the Arkham Knight was just beautiful. I love that game. There's a little too much of that tank. Um, I'm not sure if you can call that a Batmobile. But yeah, I, I didn't like the, all those tank sequences. There, there was like one between every mission. But overall, the Arkham trilogy has to be my favorite. Interesting. Um, we can we can go around and then we'll we'll debate a winner. So Tom, if you had to pick one, <laughs> Mayday Bomber says Batman has four games. It doesn't count as a trilogy. The Origins. Origins is like a standalone, so it doesn't. It's not part of the different village. studio, not Rocksteady. Yeah. Exactly. All right, uh, so well, that's your your pick, uh, Tom. All right, so this one was hard for me. Yeah. Uh, so the only thing I was able to decide on is the original Halo trilogy with Bungie. So I don't know if this counts. I'll let I'll leave that up to you guys afterwards. Uh, but I feel like. Uh, I, I, I'll be doing this channel a disservice if I don't bring it up at least. Uh, Halo's like one of the best shooters I've ever played in my life. Played it co-op with my brothers the entire way through multiple times. Uh, story always has uh, been captivating ever since oh, the very beginning. You're muted. Apparently the stream can't hear you. What? Uh, shit. Strange. Alright. Well, I think that should do it. I don't know why I did it. Anyways, <laughs> I was talking about Halo, and Halo, Halo, Halo 1 and 3, the original Bungie trilogy, I feel like that is definitely the pinnacle of both Xbox, what they've done for uh, any, any sort of game trilogy ever, and what Bungie has done as a whole, as, like, in their whole encompassing the development studios. I played it the entire way through against my brothers in co-op, multiple, multiple times over, both Halo 1, Halo 2, 3... Uh, multiple difficulties. Uh, Halo 3, getting all the skulls. Uh, if you guys remember that, to get the katana. Uh, that was a challenge, but it was something that, you know, I feel like everyone had at the end of the run of Halo 3. Just a good good series, man. I I, I have to put this one separate than the 343 one. I don't know what 343 is even freaking doing anymore. I don't even know if you can consider it like one set thing anymore that i have no idea what 343 is doing 
But I'm excited for Infinite, by the way. But yeah. No, I would I would struggle to call four or five and Infinite a trilogy because they're all very different, in my opinion, like story wise. Not not a cohesive uh, like one and three, but uh, Pong, I, I think I know what you're gonna go with because you talked to me before the show. <laughs> so what's your what's your pick? We'll get you here in here. Oh, like we talked about Prime Bioware, Casey Hudson, and the original team, uh, Mass Effect. Uh, again, playing through the legendary has just reinforced everything about that as the greatest uh, trilogy. Bioshock is a close second, but I've got to go with Mass Effect. Uh, it simply changed everything. Um, it brought, it came out, um, and I know for some of the younger people, they don't remember a lot of these times when these games came out. When Mass Effect came out, it changed how the gaming community thought about sci-fi storytelling uh, within games. Um, and I don't think it's been duplicated or matched since that point uh, when you look at the trilogy as a whole. Uh, the the create uh, The character development, it's probably the biggest change, right? The character development in that game is incredible. I have never cared about characters more than I do with the Mass Effect trilogy. And even going back to it now, even though I know a lot of the plot points, even though I know a lot of the decisions, I still care about these characters. It's like, I liken it back to, um, or I should say that when I think back on how I first experienced it, when I fired up Mass Effect 1 again, because I'm not one of those guys who goes back and replays and replays and replays again and again and again. I just like too many games. I got to go try a new experience. But when I fired up Mass Effect 1 on the Legendary Edition, I got the same goosebumps from the music, whether it was in the ship or whether it was in the menus. It doesn't, doesn't matter. I got the same goosebumps I did when I first fired it up on my 360 all those years ago. Right, it, it, That is something that you can't duplicate. Um, and when I started going through the story again, like I said, I was drawn right back in, even though I knew the main points, even though I remembered a lot of the story and a lot of what happens, I got drawn right back into that. It feels like an interactive movie. And I, I say that uh, because we, we see that a lot in, in different games that are like, you know, story-based games where we feel like we're playing a movie, but a lot of the times there's not a whole lot of action to it. Mass Effect has a whole lot of action to it. And yes, I understand that some people still have issues with some of the side fluff that they had to put in there, but you got to remember when this trilogy was made, that was kind of the deal, but they took it to a whole nother level. Bioware expanded out what people thought an RPG could be and sci-fi, especially sci-fi has a special place in my heart. Uh, when it comes to things uh, like movies, I don't read a lot of sci-fi books. I read a lot of high fantasy books, but sci-fi specifically in video games has not been well representative through the years. And it's one of the best examples that are one of the best worlds, one of the best places that you can go travel to in a video game. However, technology wise, can't always get that feeling because it's really hard to do some of the really modern or futuristic stuff when you're talking about a video game, but mass effect pulled it off and one through three. And again, we can debate all day long, one through three. You can do that. But the trilogy as a whole still stands the test of time, which very few video games can do. Story itself stands the test of time to this day as one of, if not the greatest example of sci-fi uh, uh, storytelling in video games, period, point blank. I don't care what you bring into this. I still think it is. So Mass Effect for me is by far the best trilogy. Make uh, you make your case very well. 
And so this is this is a little harder for me to decide. Uh, I have a list down here. I had Splinter Cell one through three because I do think the first three are are fantastic. Um, Halo one through three, obviously. Uh, Halo two being my standout. I put Gears one through three because again, and, and Gears two being my standout. Um, I put Crash one through three, Crash Bandicoot because I'm a huge platformer. I love Crash Bandicoot. I even put Jack and Daxter one through three because I do think that trilogy is phenomenal. Um, but there's there's just one one series on here that rose above the rest of my list, and I don't want to sound like I'm disagreeing with Pong, but it is Mass Effect. Uh, Mass Effect is the best trilogy in video games. I feel very strongly as someone that just played through the Legendary Edition and almost 100%ed the entire Legendary Edition, almost got all the achievements. Every part of this game is phenomenal. Phenomenal. The storytelling is phenomenal. The characters, every single one, even minor characters that you think are never going to see again, they pop up throughout the trilogy. They have their own backstories. The amount of detail, the just walking around the Citadel, hearing the stories of the people and how they're like living in the world. I don't think any other RPG certainly has captured my interest, has really got me into this role as much. You know, going in, I always talk about it, going into the, the suicide mission of Mass Effect 2, you really are like, I can't lose anyone. Uh, you know, these are, these, this is my crew. These are my, these are my homies. Like they, they will not die. I will not let them die. And you do everything you can to, to keep them alive. So it's just something that you can't, I'm on. What the hell are you doing? Uh, please. <laughs> you are flickering <laughs> back and forth. You are just flickering back and forth, man. You are making my screen go all over the place. Uh, you, you broke up my flow here about Mass Effect. Um, and even though, as I was saying, you know, Mass Effect 3, I think, is the weakest in the trilogy for me. Because um, I don't like the way they did the side quests, um, the, the whole journal is a mess. Um, they dumb down the combat a lot. They dumb down the story structure, the, the mission structure. But it's still a really good game. And I just, I can't put it, I can't, I can't comprehend a series as well-constructed as those first three games. So for me, it's, it's Mass Effect, and I have to go with, with Pong here. So um, you're shaking your head, Tom. <laughs> I have to. Like, I, a trilogy to me, you know, they go out with a bang. They end in a way that it's satisfying to, you know, the majority of players. Mass Effect 3 really screwed that entire premise for me for okay. Mass Effect. I'm not going to, you know, throw away that the gameplay wasn't good, the characters in Mass Effect weren't good, but man, that ending, though, I, don't, I, I was surprised that you put that up there, and Pong as well. Uh, it's a good trilogy, but at least, geez, the ending, guys, come on. It, it's not impactful. At least with, like, uh, you know, Amon, he chose Arkham, which I would definitely not choose as one of the best trilogies. You know, it ended nicely, especially when you fo uh, follow what he does with the Nightfall Protocol. Uh, you know, it's a clean ending to what is Batman. You know, he's gone. He's If he ever does come back, he's going to have to be a fresh start. You know, he, they kn the world knows who Batman is. That's a good ending, you know? 
Master Chief, you know, ending in Halo 3, that's a good ending. Master uh, yeah, Halo 3. Yeah. Master Chief, the, uh, you know, that was really good. But Mass Effect, I have not, like, it just, it's not good. And they had to go through and patch it later on to try to make a better ending, and it still did an unsuccessful job at that. I would I would have chose Uncharted over Mass Effect, by the way. Oh, or Whoa. Jack and, Jack and Daxter. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> I would have thrown Jack and Daxter up there, you know, or Splinter's. Like you could you could have done Splinter's. I would have been like, I, man, I, Kevin, I respect. I love that all those games. I love all those games, but Mass Effect. If I had to choose to wipe, if I had to choose, only one of those could exist. Like I'm picking the Mass Effect trilogy. Like I will get rid of jack and daxter if i have to i will get rid of splinter cell and i i know that's hard but the mass effect series is way more impactful to me than either of those games and i hear what you're saying i hear what you're saying about the ending do i think it is as bad as you're making it out to be i i really don't as someone that just saw it is it i think part of the problem and and Pong, you can go after this, but Mass Effect 2's finale is perfect. There is nothing... The final mission of Mass Effect 2, you cannot get better than, than that. So to when they made Mass Effect 3, like, what are they going to do? Another suicide mission? I understand that they needed something, and maybe this isn't what everyone wanted, but it, it was always going to... F- it was always going to fall when you compare it to Mass Effect 2. It wasn't ever going to hold up to the Mass Effect 2. So I think people look at it through that lens and it's like, it's it's not good. When in reality, it's it's an okay ending. You get three choices. The, the dialogue that they added in about the choices, it as someone that played the original ending and then never saw it until he just played the Legendary Edition, I felt the dialogue afterwards did impact my choice. It made me feel like, okay, I made the best choice for the galaxy. This is what needed to happen for Shepard. Yeah, that's another thing, though. I thought the choices were lackluster. They they weren't... It didn't feel... It, it could have been so much more. You know, a whole story that we had from Mass Effect 1 all the way to the third one. We only get three separate endings when we've had so many decisions that we made through the entire game. That's all they can give us. You know, like, I would have went for the best ending possible that I would have known of. Come on, come on, chill, please. <laughs> What's going on? Keep, like, cutting in and out, man. <laughs> Apologies. It's fine right now. Stop touching it. Leave it alone. <laughs> yeah, that's my issue with it. And I want to say, ask uh, both you and Pong on this. Did you only choose Mass Effect 3 because you've played it recently? If you put yourself in the shoes like last year. Oh, I still would have said it. Mass Effect has stayed with me to this day. And the fact that we're even having this bait at this point, like I said, shows how great of a series that is. You can't let the ending affect the overall feeling of the impact that Mass Effect had on you. Again, was Return of the Jedi as good as Empire Strikes Back? No, it wasn't. Nothing was going to satisfy the Star Wars fan base after Empire Strikes Back. There are debates today about where you put Return of the Jedi, right? For different people, different lists. It's never going to hold up to one of the greatest sequels of all time, if not the greatest sequel of all time. Mass Effect 2, again, I still... 
My nostalgia, what I will say is my nostalgia keeps me as Mass Effect 1 is still the greatest. And again, I know a lot of people disagree and have Mass Effect 2 is the greatest. For me, that nostalgia, I can admit that. My nostalgia for 1 is still too great. I love it. I, I still will consider it the best. But when you look at the entire trilogy, the impact that it had on not only me personally, but obviously millions and millions of people to this day, that we waited this long to get a legendary and it came out and it not only held up, but superseded most of our memories shows how well crafted that entire trilogy is. Despite the problems with the ending, despite all the, the hoopla that surrounded that ending. And I was playing it back in the day when that all happened. Right. And it was a, it was a huge uproar. Right. I remember all of that. But to this day that it has that lasting impact and then they can come out with a remaster that they don't even have to do a whole heck of a lot to it. Right. They 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 definitely put some work in, especially on one. Now, don't get me wrong, but the fact that they could just walk in, pretty it up a little bit, keep keep it in Unreal 3, which is incredible and bring it out. And it has the type of impact that it did to this day. And new people have found it. Steel Rain had never played it before. Right. He's he's from a he was playing multiplayer only back then. I was so excited. I was like, Steel, you got to play this. And he's just slowly but surely starting to getting into single player experiences. He went and played for this for the first time, and now it's in his top five of all time. Right? It's in his, easily. He, he's like, oh my god, I can't believe I never got to experience this back in the day. But I'm glad I experienced it in the best light possible. Now, I think you just have to look at it as a whole. Yes, two. Again, I understand why you're saying what you're saying for sure, Tom. I get it. I get it. I get it. It's just that with two, we're going to live up. You're never going to meet everybody's demands with three. Now, could they have found a way? Maybe again, there was a lot going on with Bioware when three uh, got pushed out the door. There was a lot of internal stuff going on at that time. There was a lot. That's when EA really started messing with people and Bioware wasn't quite up to par, but the whole trilogy as a whole is the most impactful trilogy to me. that's ever been created in video gaming history. I'm going to say. Yeah, I can't. I, mean, I can't argue with him. Any no, I mean, <laughs> not, I like I understand Halo. I think Halo definitely has a place in the conversation right. because Ooh. Halo one changed the game for first person shooters as we know it. And, you know, it's it's hard for it's hard. Amon. you were you were a, a baby, a, new, a brand newborn when Halo, <laughs> when Halo one came out. That's accurate. You're 20 years old. Halo came out 20 years ago. Yeah, that, that is accurate. That is accurate. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Two uh, gun guys have no idea. We had to walk up hills both ways. <laughs> you guys have no idea what it was like to play a video game back in the day. <laughs> and, and Halo 2 is still one of is my in my top five of all time games. Like I think Halo, everybody's like, oh well, Halo 2 came out unfinished. And then I don't ever view it that way. I think that campaign is perfect top to bottom. I think the multiplayer is the best multiplayer for Halo that has ever come out. So, and then Halo 3, I know everyone loves Halo 3. I'm like the odd man out in Halo 3. I think campaign is amazing. I didn't like the multiplayer. I didn't like the introduction of all those new, you know, uh, the, the, what's the, the items and shit, uh, you know what I'm talking about, like the shields and you know, yeah, the, the bubble shield and yeah, yeah, all, all the stuff that they threw in Halo Three. And I know other people disagree with me because they love Halo Three and they think it's absolutely amazing. So I think Halo definitely has a place in the conversation. I'm I'm not going to 
you know, talk about Batman. I can't talk about Batman. I haven't played Batman. I know it's good. I th- I just think when you pick the best trilogy of all time, it has to have some big, outstanding, lasting effect on mat- millions and millions of people. And between what we've talked about, I think Mass Effect does that. I think Halo does that. Fair enough. I haven't played either of them. So both, both Halo and Mass Effect sh- shaped the video game industry that we have today. Both of them did it for different reasons, but they both not only impacted millions of people, but also impacted the industry that they're in. That's why I won't deny you Halo. Again, I'm not a, a Halo fanatic, never have been, but I understand why, again, just playing through them, why so many people, it's a beloved franchise. I just, again, so I'll never down Halo, and I would never take that away at all. Both of them had their impacts. Again, Mass Effect, though, from a complete standpoint, from the story, from the character, it was the... It was. It, it is one of the most finely crafted game series of all time, hands down, from top to bottom. It is what it is. So, for me, the character development in Mass Effect is beyond most storytelling that we even see today. So that that that's where the difference lies for me. So, yeah, that's, say- that's fair enough. Because like Halo and Mass Effect were revolutionary, and. Batman Ark, the Arkham games weren't as revolutionary as both of them were and didn't have that impact that both of them did on um, yeah. the gaming community. So yeah, I get, I get that point of view. And that's not taking away from them because by all accounts, they're phenomenal games. And I'm super excited for Gotham Knights. I can't wait for Gotham Knights. I'm going to play through the shit. But <laughs> I, 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 think, uh, I think Mass Effect and, and Halo, you know, if, if we're, I don't, I don't want to cite a winner, but I think Mass Effect for, for by votes would be <laughs> this podcast <laughs> winner. But Halo I think Garrett would have gone for Bioshock. I yeah, think, I think I, he, he would have yeah, gone Bioshock think, for sure. I, I think he would have gone Bioshock as well, uh, which I've never, I've never played Bioshock. I know my brother loves Bioshock. Oh, really? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. You got to get on Bioshock. Yeah. Sure. yeah worth it it's worth it i'm telling you (laughs) just just something about it's never really attracted me to it and it's uh i don't know i don't know why but my my one friend just started up he'd never played it and he he's loving it him and his wife are both playing it so there's clearly something there clearly something there but that's all we got this week guys uh i think it's i think it's been a fun show i think it was a, a good time um so thank you all for for watching and before we go i'm gonna let everyone tell you where they can find them uh tom where can people find you you guys can find me on twitter uh alpaca tom i post sometimes i share funny stuff aman where can they find you did his mic break now you guys can find him at Amon underscore M05 on Twitter. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. Uh, and Pong, one more time for everyone out there. Thank you so much for coming on. Please let everyone know where they can catch you every week, 
every other day. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate it, guys. This was a blast. I I love what you guys do here. Again, you guys got a great little thing going here, uh, which is super cool. You guys are chill. You guys sit back, just want to talk video games. That's what I love to do. You guys are passionate about this stuff. That's fantastic. I I love the conversations we had tonight. Um, So I'll come back anytime you guys want me. Just let me know. Again, I love this kind of stuff. So this is awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, So you guys can find me, PongSoul, everywhere, Xbox, Twitter. Uh, follow me. I'll follow you back. Talk video games, whatever. It doesn't matter. Hit me up. Um, that's where I'm at. Otherwise, Friday night's Xbox Ultimate with fun speculation, aka Mav, his beautiful wife, Caitlin, who is in the chat, and the rest of the Magnificent 7, 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time, 8 o'clock Central Time, Saturday mornings. And uh, you can find myself in Steel Rain on Living Split Screen, 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central time. That's right. That's AM. That's your morning wake up call. Set your alarm. Be up. If you don't have energy, we'll bring the energy for you. No problem there. So that's living split screen Saturday nights. The shop podcast with PTK Blam, Centurion, Fuzzy Belvedere and Staggerilla. Uh, great show. 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Central time. And then Tuesdays, Xbox Factor podcast with Mr. Boomstick, Zemi Games and 3-Bit. Uh, the VGHD, if you guys don't know. Uh, otherwise, you, that's uh, 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 o'clock Central Time. Otherwise, again, guys, thank you so much. I appreciate the invite. Love what you guys do here. You do have something really great going on. Keep keep doing it. Um, we need more in the community to keep showing up and showing real passion about video gaming. None of the nonsense that's out there. Steel and I, that's why we started ours. Uh, you know, again, it's for the love of gaming. We've all been doing this. This is a hobby. It's entertainment. So get out there, play some games, play what you love, love what you play. Leave the nonsense at the door and let's go. This is this is the golden age of gaming that we're coming into right now. It's the best time ever to be a gamer. And I'm telling you that after 40 years and plus of gaming, this is the best time ever. There is more content, more fun to be had than ever before. Just go enjoy it, period. So thanks again, guys. Love you all. Thank yeah, you, you can find me at amonmj underscore f zero five on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, Tom, Tom covered that for you. Don't worry. Paul, you know, thank you for coming on. Uh, you are welcome back anytime. Uh, you have really, you know, it's it's almost ten p.m. here, a little later than we normally do. But you really, your energy got me through the show, and uh, you know, it's uh, <laughs> it's great. Yeah, I had a great time. Certainly, you know, you're on a podcast with a lot of our friends on the show, Mav, uh, we've had uh, 3-Bit. So lots of lots of people in the community that you might have seen here on the show, but go check them out with with, uh, with Pong because, uh, you know, get more of this fun energy. Who wouldn't want that? So <laughs> you can find me at the Muffin Mon on Twitter. That's a 1 instead of an I and an O instead of an A. Uh, that's my gamer tag. Uh, and the Muffin Mon on uh on PlayStation because someone took it, as I've mentioned. Uh, if you want to play some Guilty Gear and what my ass, please uh, add me over there. Uh, but that's it for this week, guys. We will see you next week. Uh, make sure to like, share, subscribe. Uh, give us some Apple reviews, ratings. really does help the podcast out. Uh, thank you, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye.